When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So many good things, so many individual efforts to cite from last night's game. And I'm going to come at you with someone who played nine minutes and didn't register a bleeping thing. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Penguins 3, Sharks 1 here in San Jose, California. Sidney Crosby with three assists, and that doesn't even come close to describing the impact that he had overall, 200 by 85. Ricard Raquel on his line with three points, including the ice-breaking goal. Jake Gensel with a couple goals. Casey DeSmith, I thought, looked as good as he has in any game all year. And I'm going to talk to you about Drew O'Connor because that's the kind of thing that I do. Because I'm watching this from this press box, which is stuck up in the roof of SAP Center. So you get this really strange angle watching the game downward. It's almost like old school EA Sports video games. You know what I'm talking about? Before they got real sophisticated in 3D. That's how I was watching this, and I tried to take advantage of it. I tried to see the action before it was going to happen using some extra anticipation that you can develop from watching an angle that you don't normally see, not on TV, certainly not in person. And one fun takeaway that I had from this game also happens to coincide with the same takeaway that I've had an awful lot of times that I've watched Drew O'Connor play hockey. And that is this. When he enters the opponent's zone or the puck enters the opponent's zone and he's among the first people to get to it, he will end up with it. I am not equipped with advanced statistics on that because that would require all kinds of video analysis that I don't have either the time or the inclination to do out here on the West Coast. But maybe you can just take my word for it, okay? Because he begets a lot of offensive possession time. And within that, he then further sustains it. He doesn't throw the puck away. He doesn't do something stupid with it. And even if he loses it, meaning, you know, stuff happens, the other team's end boards, it seems to find a way to get back to him. And I got to tell you, between that and the size and the speed that he's worked on, and let's remember that the reason that he's made it to the National Hockey League is that he's been capable of scoring all his life. Why is this individual not playing? 
especially in light of, you know, all the subjects that I usually bring up on this program. Why is he not playing? Is it because, you know, Jeff Carter has all this extraordinary veteranosity or whatever? Is it because Brock McGinn, um, I don't even have anything to say about Brock McGinn other than that this was his 21st game in a row without a point. It can't be because they like what they see from Kasperi Kapanen. And please, please, please don't give me the salary cap. If you wanted to play O'Connor, instead of just my complaining about it, I'm actually going to give you a solution. Here's what you do. You take McGinn. You put him on waivers. You pray someone claims that awful contract, but they won't. And when they don't, you put him in the minors. And from there, $1.1 million of his salary, or a prorated amount of that $1.1 million, comes off of your cap hit. Voila, O'Connor on the roster. Just like that. What do you think? It's a win-win. Someone either takes McGinn, which would be incredible, incredible, or you've got him in the minors. If you really, really like him and think you could use him in a pinch at some point, he's still in your system, and you're saving on your cap. How has this not already occurred? This was what Mike Sullivan had to say about O'Connor showing in this game. Yeah, I thought OC played well. I thought he, uh, I, you know, he played a straight-ahead game. I, I thought he was strong on pucks. Uh, we used him on the penalty kill a little bit. I thought he did a pretty good job there, so... Um, you know that's not an easy thing when you, you know, when you kind of get the the call from the bullpen, so to speak. Um, I thought he did a real good job coming in and and, uh, and playing a solid game for us. And that sounds about right. He wasn't over the top about it, but it wasn't an over the top thing. This was a, a just a good, solid overall contribution, including I should add twenty eight seconds of penalty killing time, and he was. In those nine minutes and one second that he was on the rink, so much more visible, so much more effective, so much more energetic than any of the other three individuals that I just mentioned, that when they would come on a little bit later, it'd be like, what are you doing? What what are you doing, people? Look, this isn't it, Okay. This was a decent win for the club. They still gave up too many shots, way too many high danger chances. They needed too much from Sid. They needed too much from their goaltender. They needed too much in general from their top forward line. And they didn't do enough to make you think, hey, they've turned some corner here. I asked Sid about that after the game. Yeah, I think we have better. I think... uh you know, I think we can possess the puck a little bit more, um, you know, give teams a little bit less. Um, but that's, you know, that's the consistency that we've got we've to gotta find here. And, you know, like I said, with the games being as important as they are down the stretch, hopefully that, that brings out the best in us. Right. This isn't it. This isn't it. More is needed. And more is not going to just magically arise from this exact same group that they keep sending out there, that Sullivan keeps sending out there, that management keeps sending out there. It's going to take someone different. 
And we can have fun, you know, going back and forth about trades and possibilities and dreaming about this player or that player. But you realize that it's infinitely better for the franchise if that player already happens to be in-house. I don't know that O'Connor is that. But I also don't know that he isn't. And every time I see him and I predict one of these human forechecks, it tends to be what I get as I'm watching it. And that's that shouldn't be in the press box. But you know what? He was supposed to be in the press box for this one. O'Connor was. He was supposed to be a scratch. Ryan Paling had a recurrence of a nagging upper body injury and was a last second scratch on Sullivan's part. And that's the only reason O'Connor even got in there. What are they doing? What are they doing? We come back, J1Q. from James, who says, I was at the game, and I thought everyone said that Casey sucked. Well, he was awesome, and Sid was everywhere. You know, James, everyone has said that about Casey DeSmith. I haven't used exactly that word, but I haven't been very far from it. And yet there's something, there's something about this goaltender where every time it seems like he's in trouble or, you know, he might be losing his grip on either, you know, a starting job, the one or two times in his NHL career that he seems to have had it, or worse, you know, being demoted again, he tightens up. He's a back-against-the-wall kind of performer. A lot of athletes are. Not all of them, but a lot are, and he's most definitely in that category. Stopping 38 of 39 shots is impressive. Stopping them against that opponent, and listen, I'm I'm not stupid. I know where the Sharks are in the standings, but I also know who they have up front. I also know that they have the NHL's fifth leading scorer from the back in Eric Carlson, and he didn't pick up all of his points on individual efforts. They have a handful of real live impact offensive dudes. Out of the game's 30 total high danger scoring chances, 17 of them belong to San Jose, and almost all of them went to those, you know, those dudes. He was terrific. I had a conversation with him after the game, and I I brought up with him something real early where Alexander... Barabanov, not particularly well-known around the league. Doesn't have a zillion points, but he's got nine goals and 26 assists. There's some skill. He's a top six guy. Had a chance in front of DeSmith. And instead of shooting right away, he showed the customary patience you expect from Russian hockey players. He turns it over to his backhand that forces DeSmith to move pretty violently to his left. Barbanov backhands the puck, misses the net, misses it by a a pretty decent margin. But that's not what I was looking for. 
I was looking to see if DeSmith would continue to cover up as much net as possible. He'd been in good position when Puck first got to Barabanov, but was he going to be able to maintain that laterally? Well, not only did he maintain it laterally, but he maintained it while keeping an upward posture. He's obviously not a big goaltender. He needs to stand square and tall to compensate for that. Simply put, he needs to keep his shoulders up. Well, he did that, and he moved across elegantly, and Barabanov was not going to score, even had he hit the net, which when you were watching it live, you're thinking he had a really, really good chance to score. I brought this up with Casey afterward. It was amazing to me, first of all, that he remembered exactly which play I was talking about on a night where he got peppered with 39 actual shots, and this wasn't even one of them. But he cited it himself as something that had had given him a chance to, to get set, build up some confidence. He knew that shot wasn't going to go in. These happen all the time in games. They don't show up on anybody's statistics other than poor Barabanov getting a missed shot. But they don't go to the goalie's credit. No one says, yeah, he would have made that save. But it does get tracked internally by Andy Kyoto, the goaltending coach, by the team's analysts, which they have more than ever now. And as I told Casey following this one, whenever I've seen you do that, and I I gave all the obligatory disclaimers, I'm not a goaltending coach. I'm not any of that. I've just happened to have watched a whole hell of a lot of hockey and interviewed a whole hell of a lot of hockey players, okay? But any time that I've seen him move like that early, especially keeping his legs Active and aggressive down low while also staying square and staying tall to the shooter with the shoulders. He's carried that through the entire game and he's been really, really good. Now, I hope whatever it was that I said to him goes in one ear and out the other and that he actually listens to Kyoto because Andy actually knows what he's talking about. But you asked the question, and I wanted to give you that answer because it was something that I had fun with in the locker room. I appreciate that question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and I'm going home. <laughs> Pete, don't ask what this life is like on the road, but there's a lot that goes into it. I know all of it sounds like a blast and everything, and I'm definitely not complaining, but I want to go home. Let's do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow. 